Bright Sounds, the voice of Brightworld. Hi Sue, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you for having me Charlotte. Thank you for being here. And so today is the 15th of, of December and the day when the new test to release scheme comes into force for overseas visitors to the UK. Yes, um, that was released early this morning. So yes, it's, it's the news everybody's been waiting for, I think. There's been a bit of an interesting morning for you to get your head around the new developments. Yes, more research needed. Um, so it was good. It was good that we finally got the list um, and then we can now look into each provider and see the best way forward for our students. Yes, and that's what I was going to ask you, actually, is how are these, go these changes um, going to affect our students and their travel plans? Because obviously lots of them may have had flights booked uh, with the previous 14-day quarantine um, being the rule, and now it's reduced to 10 days. Um, but they also have the opportunity to opt in uh, to have a test, don't they, on the fifth day? Yes. Um, yes, that's correct. So a couple of recent developments regarding quarantine and isolation. So as you mentioned, um, the government announced last Friday that they were cutting down the period from 14 days to 10 days for quarantine and isolation. Um, and now alongside that, they've brought out more details about this test and release scheme to cut the quarantine period down even further to um, a possible six or seven days. So that's really good news, I imagine, isn't it, for our students who had who had previously thought that, that not only would they need to be quarantining perhaps in their own countries at Christmas, but then the prospect of having that two-week quarantine when they arrive back in the UK. So I imagine they're feeling a little bit happier now. Um, yes, I like to think so. I know it did stop a lot of um, um, students uh, making arrangements for Christmas because they weren't obviously clearly that keen with the 14 night quarantine um, but so this is really really good news for all international students. Yes and in terms of the quarantine arrangements that we have for our students will they change or we have the same locations as we had previously um, can you tell us a little bit more about that Sue? Yes so we've got um, currently we've got two quarantine residential programs that we're running um, we've got, again, we're using our um, Cambridge um, facility, um, which is the CMC um, facility in Cambridge for, um, for quarantine. And also now we've got a Bournemouth um, facility that we are also using for quarantine. Um, um, and we have limited um, host families um, also available for quarantine. Um, and I say limited because the guide, the government guidance on um, students being able to quarantine in host families is very complicated. And the majority of the host families aren't able to offer that service to our students. Um, there's many rules and regulations involved, but this is why we've only got um, a limited number of host families that actually fit those government guidelines. 
Yes, exactly. And I think that's why, isn't it, Sue, why our recommendation is for students to quarantine at one of our residential centres. It's just all round safer, isn't it? Um, we're able to follow the government guidance and students are tested and, and so on. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we are lucky that we do have a handful of host families that um, have agreed to it. However, you know, unfortunately, there's always going to be a risk to them. Um, you know, in the unlikely event that should someone test um, positive, obviously they would then and their families would have to quarantine. Um, so it's it's really the best option is one of our residential programmes. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot more safe um, and there, it's lovely accommodation. We've got Bournemouth, which is completely brand new, um, en suites in every room. Um, we've got catering service as well. So it's it's a really good um, option for any students that do need to quarantine along, you know, with our Cambridge one, which has proven to be very popular anyway. Yeah. So thanks so much for helping us to kind of simplify the new rules that are coming out, because I think for anyone listening, they might be confused now as to actually what is the process when they arrive or when their child arrives in the UK. So when does the quarantine period and forgive me for sounding um stupid here so but when does the quarantine period actually start um for those students that arrive okay it is it is it is a um uh it's, it's tricky um to work out exactly when this you have to take this new test because although they say on the fifth day um you know, is it the day, do I have to wait a day and then take it on the fifth day? So to make it all easier for everyone, the um, government has actually produced a, um, a demo on their website. So, for example, if a student arrives in the UK um, on a Monday, it could be a Monday morning or Monday afternoon, if they, whatever day they arrive, they have to count the first whole day from the following day. So in this case, it will be a Tuesday would be the first full day. I see. Um, and then it's five. They need to take the test on the fifth full day. So in this case, if a student arrived on Monday, they would be able to take the test on the Saturday. Um, I see. So and it I is actually an opt in scheme, isn't it? So, so it's as much as I think most students will opt to have the test, it's actually not compulsory, is it? So what's the alternative for students that perhaps don't want to pay for the private test? Do they have another option? Yes. Um, it, as you mentioned, it is, um, you know, an opt-in. Nobody has to take the test on the fifth day. Um, they can choose, obviously, not to. Um, and then they would just complete the standard 10 days of quarantine based on the same um, system. So the day after they arrive will be the first day and then it will be 10 days after that. Um, and then they will be able to go back into the community. That's fantastic. And so testing is certainly something that we are expecting to be helping students with. I know it's something you're very familiar with. We had lots of students testing before they were able to travel home for Christmas. But in terms of testing those students that are quarantining with Brightworld. Can you tell us a bit more about what the guidelines say and how we're planning to help students? Yes. Um, so 
released today, the government have um, listed approximately 11 different private test providers um, on their website. Um, and I'd just like to mention that we are um, updating our website as well with this latest guidance. So all this information that I'm telling you about now will be available on our website. Um, so to help anybody. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's always good news. Um, so, the, yes, the government has released their list. Um, and obviously, this is completely new. Um, so we can't recommend any particular company. But I have researched um, and looked into the different um, the different tests available. So some tests, some companies are offering um, the the, what has been known as the standard COVID test at the moment, which is the swabs to the nasal and the throat. Um, however, some companies are offering a, a saliva test. Um, based on the different tests they're offering, it does seem more, um, it's easier um, and less um, unpleasant um, for students to choose maybe the, the saliva test it does seem the easiest route to go um, and obviously less painful. Um, so, um, and then you've got the different companies that are offering people the chance to go to the actual clinic mm -hmm. or a lot of them seem to be offering the option to send the tests out via post. Um, and they're also including a prepaid envelope. Um, so this, um, we can obviously assist any student in um, that do opt for the saliva and the prepaid sort of returning package because um, they have to be posted back in any Royal Mail pri um, priority box. But there does seem to be quite a few around and that information is also available on our website. Um, so all in all, it does seem the easiest option for students would be the saliva test posted to them for mm. the fifth day. Um, then they can do the test and then we can assist in getting the test returned. So they will hopefully um, get their negative result they wanted within um, one to two days. Um, however, I do have to say that based on our knowledge of previous clinics doing tests to get them home, um, they they could be inundated um, with these tests coming back. So at the moment, they do seem to be saying within the next day or two. However, that could possibly lead to at least the seventh day, and which is what we are basing our period um, of quarantine on at the moment in our residential camps for all our students. So. OK, um, and so another silly question just coming in with another silly question, Sue what would happen and parents might be worried about this what would happen in the event that their child did receive a positive covid result um on their fifth day what, what would happen in terms of their quarantine then um so again following the government guidance that's been issued in the unlikely event that they did test positive they would have to continue their self-isolation for another 10 days so they would start counting the 10 days from when they took the test. So it will be an additional 10 days from when they took the test. 
Um, but again, you know, we we would accommodate them uh, wherever they were, um, and we will be able to help them um, isolate for an, for a further ten days if that was the case. Okay, that's good news. And, and does the new test to release scheme impact the travel corridors at all? I know we constantly refer to those, Sue, but will this have an impact on that? Um, no. Um, it won't. So obviously the countries that are listed on the travel corridors, um, um, you don't need to quarantine if you're arriving from one of those countries on the list. Um, so you wouldn't have to take any form of tests. So that's Okay, and moving back now to the Bournemouth location, because I know that is our latest uh, residential location for quarantine for our students. And I just wanted you to talk a bit more about why we recommend residential quarantine as opposed to a host family. I know we touched on that earlier, but if you could just elaborate a bit for our listeners, that would be great. Um, I think the facilities that they offer, um, I mean, especially in Bournemouth, because they are completely new. Um, it's it's the facilities are very good. You'll get your own ensuite. Um, which has also obviously been a, um, a problem for us using host families to quarantine. Um, um, and then also, the, in, particularly in Bournemouth, you've got your catering service. It's all supervised. There will be supervision, um, um, but you are contained in your, 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 you know, your, little, your little bubble with your room and your ensuite to yourself. Um, so it's obviously it's a safer option as well. Um, and I know that not all students would, you know, like to stay with host families for many reasons. So this is why I think they're beginning to become a lot more popular. Um, these options for quarantining in our residential um, programs. Yes. And I think also with us expecting some areas of the UK to enter higher tiers um, across the country, perhaps the residential location will be more enjoyable. I know we're doing some online kind of yoga classes and, uh, and some, some activities during the period of, of quarantine, aren't we? So hopefully the, the students will have a lot to do and they'll be occupied and not um, simply refined to their rooms as such. Yes, um, I think a lot of the students will obviously still have their online classes if their schools have reopened. Um, but um, yes, there's an option as well for online activities and um, um, anything like that to keep them occupied. Um, and obviously, you know, there's, there's following the government guidelines, the social distancing they're able to do outside um, their rooms. Mm. Um, so, yep. Yeah. So that's good news. And so going back to the quarantine, uh, the test to release changes that are coming into effect today, um, how are they going to affect the pre-travel preparations and are we helping at all? Um, yes, we've got um, pre-arrival advice on our web page. Um, and we are, as, as we're gaining more information about this, we're updating our website. Um, mm -hmm. And we will be contacting all our students that have already booked in to our quarantine programs. Um, Cause it does seem that they will have, when they fly back to the UK, as I'm sure some students, you know, already know this, 
they do have a passenger locator form to complete. Um, so this has to be done prior. It's normally within 48 hours prior to the flight departure to return to the UK. Um, and on that um, form, excuse me, it will give them the option of um, coming in to the te test and release programme, opting in. Mm -hmm. um, and then it will then they obviously say yes and then it will ask for um, a reference number and the name of the company that they're using um, for the test and release so this is why it has to be done prior um, the booking process um, with the selected company has to be done prior to arriving in the UK um, so we are assisting our um, students with that um, and giving them advice um, we've already had some parents contact us um, asking, you know, what's involved, how do we go about it, what do we have to do. So um, we are obviously helping people on a one to one basis, but again, keeping our website updated so everyone can look on it and um, gain more information about what's needed before they arrive back in the UK. Yeah, well, I think you're all doing a fantastic job in the guardianship team and making it look very easy. The, the rules are changing every day. Um, so I think keeping on top of everything must be difficult for you. But you, you seem to all be doing a very, very good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it is. It's certainly, certainly challenging. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly. So thanks so much for joining us, Sue, and I'll let you get back to your busy day um, with students and, and quarantining and, and much more. <laughs> OK, thank you very much, Charlotte. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bright Sounds, a podcast from Brightwell Guardianships. If you're interested in finding out more about anything we've discussed today, please visit our website www.brightworldguardianships.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more. Bright Sounds is available as a podcast on major podcast platforms or by subscribing directly to us on Podbean. Please look forward to more fascinating interviews and discussions with our Brightworld team and expert guests. Take care and we'll hear from you at our next Bright Sounds podcast.